Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Wednesday, September 6th. On this date in 1901, a crime that shocked the nation. President William McKinley was shot and mortally wounded at the Pan American Exposition in Buffalo. McKinley died eight days later. On this date in 1997, a public funeral was held for Princess Diana in London. She had died six days earlier in a car crash in Paris. On this date in 1989, Paula Abdul and Madonna dominated the sixth annual MTV Awards. But after the show, MTV apologized to viewers because of a comedy performance that contained remarks about overweight women and sex. Do you remember who the comedian was that ruffled feathers? I'll tell you in just a few minutes. But first, let's head over to the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center to check out your forecast. And good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. Dry out the door this morning as kids head into school. As you head into work, we'll be in the 70s to start near 90 degrees by lunchtime and up in the low to mid-90s. A hot afternoon on the way. Now, today will be our last guaranteed dry day of this work week. Starting tomorrow, a small chance of rain, a better chance of some scattered showers and storms as we wrap up the work week on Friday. High temperatures in the mid 90s today and tomorrow, low 90s on Friday. Then as we get into the weekend, we'll have to dodge a few raindrops Saturday and Sunday with highs in the upper 80s. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. This morning, we're taking a closer look at how students across the Lowcountry are performing in the classroom. Yeah, that's right. Yesterday, the state's Department of Education released the SC Ready assessment results for last school year. The test is taken by third through eighth graders and measures the growth in English language arts and math. Charleston County showed improvement across the board, including a 10% increase in students meeting expectations for ELA. But there are also some startling disparities. The most glaring example is in seventh grade math, where just 9% of black students are meeting expectations compared to the nearly 70% of white students. The results also show just 24% of Hispanic students met expectations for seventh grade math. Now in Berkeley County, the school district had a 6% jump in reading with most grades also seeing an increase in math. In Dorchester School District 2, students saw their biggest gain in reading with scores up 8%. The math scores were all above the state's average aside from sixth grade. A couple years out of the COVID-19 pandemic, these numbers show us that the impact that it had on student learning. Taking a look at English scores from across the state, you can see a rebound from a slight slip with scores now better than they were before the pandemic. But the math scores paint a very different picture. While there is still a rebound from the pandemic, scores are still 4% less than they were prior to shutdowns. Officials say the scores show that quality time with a quality teacher is important and students will suffer without it. We know that um, teachers, um, schools, districts, they have been working tirelessly to regain what was lost through the pandemic. And we knew that when when that happened three years ago, um, that it was going to take some time to recover what was lost. Officials tell us the issue is felt at the national level as well. The Palmetto Teachers Association says a fix would come if the state increased efforts in math instruction. 
In the wake of Hurricane Idalia, the Blood Connection and its hospital partners are facing an urgent need for blood donations, particularly O-negative and O-positive types. And also Live Five's Destiny Kennedy is in North Charleston at the Blood Connection Center right now. So, Destiny, what is the Blood Connection asking for from the community? Good morning, Shelby and Katie. When Adalia came to the Low Country, mobile drives were canceled and two blood centers were temporarily closed. Now, officials here at the Blood Connection are asking you to save a life by donating. The Blood Connection was able to provide its partners with enough blood in anticipation of Idalia. However, I'm told Labor Day weekend is traditionally a time when blood donations tend to drop, which worsens the shortage in the Carolinas. O-negative and O-positive blood types are particularly critical right now, as they are the most transfused types during traumas and emergencies because they are universal donors. There's a blood drive happening today at the Warring Center on Henry Tecklenburg Drive in Charleston from 8.30 a.m. till noon. The next blood drive is tomorrow at Bon Secours St. Francis Hospital from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. And Saturday, September the 9th at Shadow Moss Plantation Community from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Spokesperson for the Blood Connection, Jimmy Wooten, explains the importance of O-negative and how it's critical during emergencies. When there are emergency and trauma situations, um, they're not going to, like, say, in a, a car wreck or something on, on an interstate. Um, the ambulance, they're not going to always test your blood right then and there. If you are needing that blood immediately, what they'll do is provide that O negative. The Blood Connection is urging everyone who is healthy and able to donate blood immediately. Reporting live in North Charleston, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. Convicted double murderer Alec Murdoch is hoping for a new trial after his lawyers say the jury that convicted him was tampered with. Murdoch was found guilty of killing his wife and son in 2021 and given two life sentences. Nick Reagan is following the latest development. And Nick, can you walk us through this particular request for a new trial? Yeah, Katie Shelby, good morning. Murdoch's lawyers, they had already appealed the jury's decision, but now they want a new trial altogether, arguing that the jury was tampered with and convinced to convict the person they say is behind the alleged tampering is none other than the woman who published a book about the trial, Colleton County Clerk of Courts, Becky Hill. Now, yesterday, Murdoch's lawyers, Dick Carputlian and Jim Griffin, released newly discovered evidence in the form of sworn affidavits from two jurors, the defense claimed. Hill told jurors the verdict, quote, shouldn't take long to reach. They accuse her of having private conversations with individual jurors and even say she invented a story about a Facebook post to get a juror removed she believed might vote not guilty. The first juror we talked to, we got information about Ms. Hill saying, don't be fooled. And, and then the second juror, independent of the first juror, says the same thing, and the third juror, independent of the other two, say the same thing. And so we're very confident that the information is accurate. The defense is asking the FBI to investigate the alleged jury tampering, not the state, saying that the state is too close to this case. Now, Live Five's legal analyst, Mark Pepper, he looked over the, this request for a new trial. He says that if these allegations are true, they're very serious and could not only end in a new trial for Murdoch, but also legal trouble for Hill as well. In the newsroom, Nick Reagan, Live Five News.
Results for the South Carolina Senate District 42 primary race are in, and it was a close one with no candidate getting more than 50% of the vote. Our Skylar Hill breaks down the results and tells us what happens next. State laws say that the top two finishers in the race will end up in a runoff election that is likely to happen in two weeks. Now, last night's special election consisted of three current state representatives, Dion Tedder, Wendell Gilliard, and J.A. Moore. The names that will likely be on that ballot are Gilliard and Tedder. Last night's unofficial results show Gilliard garnered 46.63% of the votes, while Tedder had 38.59% and Moore received 14.78%. The race was a close one where each candidate worked hard to overcome the other. They're encouraging people to come out of the polls just one more time. Yeah, so what, what we saw today was, uh, I, I think we, we saw the numbers that we expected as far as turnout, uh, voter turnout. But what we really saw at the end, and, and as we're getting the totals in from the precincts, is that uh, Charleston and Dorchester counties, uh, they're clearly ready for a new generation of leadership. More boots on the ground, more door knocking, uh, getting the message out through technology, uh, but keeping it real by getting out into these civic organizations and talking with people, going into the communities, etc. They know who to identify with. Okay. Rosa Kay was the only Republican that filed for the vacancy, so she'll go on to face off against a Democratic nominee from the runoff on November 7th. Reporting in the newsroom, Schuyler Hill, Live 5 News. Candidates vying to become Charleston's next mayor were set to speak with some voters, but they've now postponed after one of the candidates not invited raised some questions. Four of the six candidates were invited. Those set to attend the Charleston Metro Chamber of Commerce mayoral forum included John Tecklenburg, William Cogswell, Peter Shayed, and Clay Middleton. The two not on the list were Mika Gadsden and Deborah Gammons. Gadsden asked why they weren't invited. According to her campaign, the chamber used proprietary information, website information, news reports, and word of mouth to decide who would take the stage. Gadsden's campaign called the decision to exclude the only two women in that race a mistake. We reached out to the Charleston Metro Chamber about Gadsden's comments. In response, the chamber said our program was designed to provide our members with a chance to hear from the leading candidates running for this position. We understand this created an environment that did not include all candidates. The statement goes on to say, quote, the chamber values the feedback we've received from the community and are committed to continuing to listen and grow as we collectively work to make our region equitable for all. The chamber says it will announce a new date soon and that will allow all candidates to prepare and participate. New this morning, we've got a look at the man that North Charleston police say is responsible for a deadly July shooting. 34-year-old Nicholas Macbeth is charged with murder and possession of a deadly weapon during the commission of a violent crime. Warrants were issued back on August 17th, and Macbeth was arrested during a traffic stop yesterday. Police say that incident took place on Sorentrue Avenue and South Allen Drive. The report says a person in the area let officers know that someone had been shot and taken to a hospital. They later died there. The Charleston County coroner identified the victim as 26-year-old Deshaun Calvary from North Charleston. There have now been six investigations into threats at Georgetown County Schools in the last month. The latest involves a teenager who now faces charges for a game he's accused of making. According to the Georgetown County Sheriff's Office, a 13-year-old student at the Coastal Montessori School has been charged with disrupting schools. Deputies say the student created an online game about bombing and shooting up a school. 
The sheriff's office tells us students and staff were never in danger. That student has been suspended and was released to his guardians. At the top of the show, I told you that back on this date in 1989, MTV apologized for a comedy performance at its MTV Awards because of remarks about overweight women and sex. The comedian that caused that controversy was Andrew Dice Clay. Celebrating birthdays this Wednesday, comedian Joanne Worley is 87. Comedian Jane Curtin is 76. Comedian Jeff Foxworthy is 65. Police Academy's Michael Winslow is also 65. And actor Idris Elba is 51. Thank you again for joining us for Morning Y'all from Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.